Sawbones is a show about medical history, and nothing the hosts say should be taken as medical advice or opinion. It's for fun. Can't you just have fun for an hour and not try to diagnose your mystery boil? We think you've earned it. Just sit back, relax, and enjoy a moment of distraction from that weird growth. You're worth it. Hello, everybody, and welcome to Sawbones, marital tour of misguided medicine. I'm your co-host, Justin McElroy. And I'm Sydney McElroy. Um, and Sydney, I'm so excited to be here with you to well, record you. this great podcast. Me too, Justin. I really appreciate uh, you did more work than me on this one. Oh, I wouldn't call it work, Sid. I wouldn't. Because once again, we are turning to the annals of uh, the Marvel Universe to talk about Marvel anatomy, to get the uh, perspective, insight, wisdom, all of it, of Dr. Sidney McElroy, one of the leading experts not only in biology, but superheroes and superhero uh, biology. I, I never, I've never claimed that. We we try to alternate if we're going to do a heavier, more serious episode to do something that's a little lighter the next time around um, to give you give you a break. Um, and we're, we're going as light as we go. Justin's taking over oh. <laughs> this one. So it's kind of light to a point where it's almost sort of ephemeral. It's almost like not... Not very important, you're saying. I, I, no, it's very important. I, well, let me say, I would you would think that episodes like this would be among our least controversial um, as compared to some of the heavier topics we cover. But what I found the last time you did this is a lot of people <laughs> definitely have thoughts and opinions on the things that we say about Marvel characters. So it is pretty controversial. Okay, they can have whatever opinions <laughs> they want. Let me say something. If I'm reading to you from this book, this is canonically made by the Disney, Walt Disney Corporation of which Marvel is a subsidiary, so this is just as legit as anything else that you might read. Yeah, but what I'm saying is when I start riffing on what I think that means from a medical or scientific or pseudo-scientific standpoint. Keep it. Hey, pa- hey, pals, keep it to yourself, all right? No, that's fine. I appreciate it. I, I really, I do. No one's been mean. No one has been in the least bit, like, I, I don't want to give that impression. Everyone's been very kind in their suggestions that perhaps there are other ways to look at these issues. Do you want to talk about Daredevil? Sure. Uh, Daredevil is a superhero. He is a lawyer. He does not, uh, he is not cited in the way that we, us, 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 uh, common humans, uh, are cited. Daredevil is taking in his environment, uh, uh and the shape of his environment, what things look like with his extremely advanced other senses. Mm-hmm. Okay. So. What I want to talk to you about is Daredevil's other senses because Daredevil was, I mean, depending on how you want, it was a chemical. Okay. They okay. doused him in radioactive chemical. Okay. So this is not, it is not just based on the premise that if you lose one sense, the other one's not, like this isn't naturally occurring. It's a riff. 
I would say it's maybe like, riff on that. Like it, well, but but then they they're enhanced in some way. Correct. Okay. Because of chemicals. Okay. Um, Daredevil. He's the defender of Hell's Kitchen. You know this, which seems pretty gentrified. Like Gordon Ramsay's restaurant? No, 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 no. The neighborhood. Oh, okay. Um, yeah, uh, that seems pretty specific. Yeah. Um, yeah, and, and Hell's Kitchen is apparently, from what I've hear, heard from people, very gentrified at this point. It's not really that that in need of a specific defender. But oh, know, okay. he does have a day job. So maybe he just doesn't have a lot of time. Wait, he is on, that's all he defends is just this one area? If you do something outside of Hell's Kitchen, he's like, no, I'm just fine. Does that make him feel bad when you look at, like, Spider-Man's responsible for, like, all of New York City and you've got Batman over there in charge of Gotham, which isn't real, but, like, looks pretty large? Well, I would say this. Just to, I mean, Spider-Man's not in charge of all of New York. Because Daredevil has So he doesn't have to worry about minus Hell's Kitchen. Although at the end of the day, like, Superman defends the whole planet. Yeah, but he's a metahuman, like, at a much more advanced (laughs) level and is it from a different, like, if you're you're Spider-Man, okay, here's, okay, listen. Doctor Uh, Who saves the entire universe. Okay. Repeatedly. Um. Okay, so listen, I don't want to get off on this, but it does seem to me that if I'm Spider-Man and I got all New York to worry about, if I see a crime happening in Hell's Kitchen, it is nice to be like, okay, that's fine. (laughs) Daredevil will do (laughs) that. That's not my area. I have the other regions. Okay, Daredevil has enhanced senses. Okay, first of all, what, what in his brain is helping him to uh, uh, process these senses. There's something, there's a brain part of this. There's there's different. There's bi- a brain part. There's a brain part of this. Yeah, well, our senses definitely have brain parts. Yes. But they're, it's, they're all different parts of our brain is what I, I mean, that's part of it. Like if we're talking about eyesight and smell and taste and sound and then like things like touch. So I don't know if this also means like reflexes. Like does he have enhanced sensation? Like it, whether it be like touch or cor- reflexes or it's what? It's a cortex. I'm looking for a cortex. It's, I mean, like all over. Like that, I mean, we're talking so, about the entire central nervous system. Right. So dare- and peripheral nervous system in some of these. Yeah, yeah. Thank you. Daredevil's soma- somatosensory cortex, the area of the brain that receives and interprets sensory input, is exceptional in its ability to process incoming signals from his enhanced senses. Okay. That but then him, what yeah. can he do with that? It lets him assemble a detailed picture of his surroundings despite his lack of sight. Right. Okay. No, I understand that part. But, like, does he react faster? Does he move quicker? Does he – How? what is I'm the talking, output? I'm That's talking, the input punching, processing. Punching is the output. Punching is the output. Okay. But he like punches the, people better. But that's a different piece of the – like, yeah. these are different pieces of the I'm nervous system at this point. About the I'm just saying, like, the message is coming in and the message is going out might be different wiring. Right. And so the punching would not necessarily be enhanced by that. Need, uh, okay, listen. That's all. I, that's what I'm saying. I'm just talking okay, about. How you know, can he smell? It's all be- just wiring. How does he? How can he smell better? Where, perfume, shower. Come <laughs> on! Is this what it's like? You said to how be, can he smell better? Is this is this what it's like to be you? I'm so sorry. How can he smell better? I mean, 
where are we talking about like his olfactory nerve is enhanced? His olfactory receptors in his nose. There's a picture here. Could you see mm-hmm. the olfactory? Yeah. <laughs> the olfactory so receptors seem to like a, descend way there's deep There's an down. area at the top of your nasal cavity, the cribriform plate that like connects up to your, your brain part. Yeah. You know, the brain pieces. And this like perforated piece of bone through which these nerve fibers extend. How good is it, Sid? He can identify virtually anyone he has ever met by scent alone, even in dense crowds and at up to distances of 50 feet. That's That seems too far, right? That seems like too much. Well, I mean, I think what you're up against is like, and this is where I, if he has been like super enhanced by some sort of mythical chemical that we don't necessarily have in the real world, right? Like, it's this isn't just like his... Are you asking me if it, Daredevil technology is possible in our world? What I'm saying is that the our range of what we can smell, even if you enhanced our sense of smell, which, I mean, this is all based on the idea that we're not using all our brain all the time, which we are, but even if you could enhance it, there's only so many different, like, things we can smell and differentiate. And so if you have people who you know, use the same detergent or something. Like, there's a lot of ways where people could end up smelling fairly similar. I have no smell. I don't have much of a smell. So I'm not sure he could track me. That's what I'm saying. I don't naturally have you, much of a smell. You I'm, do. I don't really have much of a smell. I'm not you, a very hairy you person. You do. I don't have, like, a distinct smell. What do you though. mean you're not a hairy per- What What do those two thoughts have to do with each you're other? St- I'm not you, a hairy you person. You have more BO if you're hairier. What? Oh, dang. Okay. <laughs> what? Listen. Oh, dang. Never mind. I guess that's wrong, too. Do, Daredevil- no, no, wait, 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 wait. I'm pretty hairy. Do I have more BO? Listen, Daredevil's parietal lobe <laughs> processes sensory input at an exponentially higher rate than the average human brain. I wanted to bring the peri- parietal lobe, parietal in, there. lobe okay. in there, too. That's part of it. Um, okay. Daredevil's inner ears can sense changes in sound and pressure completely imperceptible to most humans. How is his how is his ear different? The inner ear and all that stuff. How is it different to allow for him to um sense changes in sound and pressure completely imperceptible to most humans? Changes in sound and pressure. I I you know what? I don't know. So much of the the inner ear, what we're really talking about is like balance and proprioception and position and space and stuff. I'm not sure. Well, uh there is no apparent physical augmentation. It's just a regular ear. It's just an ear, but his— He can't improve. I thought you would like that the Marvel uh, people can't improve on, on the, the ear. ear. Yeah, one of them are more elegant elegant designs. I, I, can, I can understand that. It would be hard to improve on the ear. I, I'm i assuming they're just basing this on the idea that he's got, like, more neurons up there firing, more, more connections, more synapses. I've explained that bit already, I think. Through taste, Daredevil can identify almost any substance, including poisons and toxins, at concentration as low as 20 milligrams. He could taste homeopathy. <laughs> he could taste homeopathy. Oh, he could. He could taste homeopathy. What a useful skill. Yeah. Do you, do you have any guess as to how he's able to do that? He has more taste buds. Incorrect. There's no, <laughs> there's not an increased number of fungiform papillae. Is that right? Yep. So they're, they're ready for you. <laughs> Saw you coming. <laughs> It's likely due to the radiation-induced development of specific genes related to flavor distinction. He's a super taster. He is a super-duper taster, I would say, because we have super tasters. He's a super-duper taster. Charlie insists she's a super taster. She is absolutely— To a super taster, bitter fruits taste far more bitter. And sweets, 
far more sweet. She is insistent she is a super taster. That that is why she doesn't like to eat so many vegetables. <laughs> is because the, she tastes them so much more strongly than we do. John Lee's super taster is a They Might Be Giants song that Charlie got very into when she was a kid because she very much wanted to be. She will tell you she's a super taster. And that she's allergic to dust, but she's not. Daredevil's so skin can pick up on minuscule changes in the temperature and humidity of the surrounding atmosphere. Now, I'm, I was going to ask you how he does this, but... I'm just going to tell you, ultra-sensitive touch receptors. <laughs> I just don't, I don't think you would. There's, mean, there's a lot of, that's the, mm, the way we sense touch, as in like fine touch, firmer pressure, sharp things that cause pain, the sensation of an itch. These are all different sensations and different receptors responsible. I mean, there's some overlap between some, but like you can't say on a broad brush, like you can't paint that with such a broad brush. They should know better. Um, well, They've demonstrated more competency in these areas in the past. So, uh, well, Daredevil is, you know, he's his own thing. You got to let Daredevil be Daredevil. Well, I wasn't going to try to stop Daredevil from being Daredevil. Lucky for you. What do you think about Daredevil overall? Are you excited to see him back out in action? He's going to get I've never new. seen anything with Daredevil in it, so I don't. Um, I, I mean, I think it's an interesting. It reminds me. Do you remember the episode of MASH where uh, Hawkeye temporarily loses his eyesight because of a steam injury, and then he's really great in surgery because he can smell that a bowel's been nicked when everyone else says there isn't, and he keeps insisting, keep checking, keep checking, and they find that, yes, they did indeed miss a piece of shrapnel, and he saves a soldier's life. Yeah. Because of his enhanced sense of smell. Yeah. I guess we can all enjoy different forms of entertainment. <laughs> uh, do you want to talk about Captain America? Sure. When Captain America throws his mighty shield... All that opposes my dish, you must yield. Okay. Um, Is that it? Okay. Captain America. Sorry, Dad used to sing all these, like, goofy cartoon theme songs from the 60s, and they're so embedded into my psyche that I can't. Okay. <laughs> um, Captain America relies on um, his quick tactical thinking. So I'm going to go ahead and tell you that he's smart. Really, really smart. Okay. Okay. He's very smart. Do you know how much do you know about how Captain America broad strokes? Because it's always presented in broad strokes, right? Like there, like um, he got he, he got injected a, with a super soldier serum that Tony Stark's dad made, right? Sure. Yeah. I mean, that is definitely a version of it. But in addition to the super soldier serum, in most comic adaptation, he was also bombarded with Vita rays. What are Vita rays? Well, hun, they're the rays that activate the super soldier serum. <laughs> Are they by Vita? It sounds like vitamin, right? Yeah, super soldier serum um, is activated by Vita rays. We had just discovered vitamins, I guess, and whenever Captain America came around, so we were really excited about them. This, this does sound like something from that era. Like, come sit in our super sauna and get exposed to Vita rays. Um, the Ladies, the men will be flocking to your side once you get <laughs> exposed to our Vita rays. Um, you'll love this, Sid. Um, the captain can run at speeds of up to 30 miles per hour and lift more than three times his body weight. He can easily master such diverse combat forms as judo, jujitsu, and karate. Um, how is he able to... Uh, maintain maximum uh, exertion for long periods like this. 
How can he do it? Um, okay, well, I would just like to note, first of all, that, like, there are probably a lot of people out there who have learned multiple forms of martial arts, and it you, they didn't need, like, super serum to do it. I just yeah. want to throw that concept. Yeah, but that who, gave concept. Them, who gave them the idea? Captain America. <laughs> uh, no, probably not. But I, does do it have they, something do to do with, like— easily mastered them? His, because I said he easily mastered them. Do you think they easily mastered them? Probably not. Yeah, right. some people maybe. I not easily mastered multiple forms of martial art. Not easily. Well, but did he really do it easily? What's easily? It's That's a, subjective. I know he did it easily because the B-I-B-L-E tells me so, which okay. by which I mean Marvel Anatomy. I am, I'm guessing that it has something to do with like a lack of fatigue in his muscle fibers, maybe like lactic acid buildup is not quite a problem for him because that's what generally like we start to get fatigue of our muscle fibers we build up lactic acid that makes us feel achy and we slow down and we need to take a break and so there is something different in his structure that his muscle fibers do not fatigue sydney i'm so impressed because this is one of my favorite ones they have in here captain america's biochemistry is bolstered by optimized blood circulation and enhanced delivery of nutrients and lymph fluids these heightened processes facilitate the flushing of toxins from his body at a much higher rate than any standard human, allowing him to maintain maximum exertion for long periods without buildup of lactic acid byproduct in his muscles. You like that? You don't I like just that? figured that out. You, you like, like that? that? That's yeah. good. Yeah. yeah. Well, if if you, if they came to the same conclusion as you, it makes it feel more scientifically uh, grounded. And it makes me feel like we're closer than ever to the the Captain America future. That we all I'm, ass, I'm assuming like that that's the muscular part of it there's there's certainly like a cardiovascular part I mean the heart is also a muscle but like his lung capacity and all that must be enhanced you know what I mean like his everything lungs and heart function at optimized levels far beyond those that most human specimens could ever achieve see the thing with with Captain America is theoretically he is operating at peak human potential mm-hmm. like in theory, it's a little bit like Batman. I mean, it's not, but like, it, in theory, this is like the best anybody could ever do. If you're like really on your macros or whatever, this is what you would uh, be able to achieve with Captain America. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I, I know what you're saying. And certainly like as as humans evolve, you see some changes, but I mean, they're slow. Obviously, you don't see them like the next day. But all that being said, it's still, I think that it's still sort of predicated on this idea that if we all just like drank the right shakes and did the right number of reps, that this would be there waiting for us. And mm-hmm. that's probably, I mean, that, no, it's certainly not true. Um, also, like running 30 miles per hour is pretty cool, but like we do have cars now. That is a wild thing to say. That is a wild thing. I mean, he's not the flash. What say. I'm saying is like, yes, I can't run 30 miles per hour, but I have a car. That I can get in and drive <laughs> over twice that fast and still not be breaking the law. That's a great point. Um, <laughs> that's such a good point, Sydney. Gosh, gosh, that's a good point. Well, um, what I would say is, as Captain America was running by me at thirty miles per hour, I would say, "Get a car." Yeah, that would drag him. <laughs> I think he would take have to take a second. Like, I know I've defeated the Red Skull, but that really hurt me, Sydney. That really hurt my feelings. Do you know the Viterays? Uh, how the, the it, according to this. The, re- the what the vitarays are messing with and what the the super soldier serum it is activate it is changing epigenetic markers mm. that is the the theory behind like the the theory behind why his uh the, that research worked well you're talking about like methylation now gene methylation and that 
you know what's wild about that is like our technology is not at the point where we can routinely do that, obviously. But that is that it, those are active areas of research today because we know that so much of of what happens to us health wise, physical, phys, you know, in terms of our physicality, does have to do with epigenetics. Mm-hmm. There's definitely research into altering, changing, reversing that process now. Now, I don't think anybody's doing it with Vita rays, but yeah, um, Vita ray. That's a great. Point you just made, Sid. Vita rays are an untapped area of potential <laughs> that I feel like we're not even really. Getting it's interesting into. because they're hitting on something that is is definitely an area of medical research. Um, we are going to take a break. Yes. Uh, and when we come back, we've got more uh, great superheroes. But Sydney, let's go to the billing department. Let's go. The medicines, the medicines that escalate macabre for the mouth. We have just started rehearsing for the summer theater. That's right. Summer starts in March around these parts, and that means we don't have much time at all in the evenings to make dinner. But we will not be just consuming Wendy's, uh, although there will be some Wendy's consumed. But we are going to have a little extra help with Factor, which delivers ready-to-eat delicious meals right to your door. And not like junky stuff you get out of the freezer aisle whatever. This is real high-quality, chef-crafted stuff that in two minutes you're ready to eat it. I'm talking about some Southwestern-style turkey and mac. I think this week I'm going to be enjoying a shredded chicken taco bowl is 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 part of my plan. Um, but they got, like, fancy stuff. Listen to this. Where are you going to get this? Truffle butter filet mignon. I mean, seriously? From, from, from a, a box? Pre-prepared, all I got in two minutes, I'm eating filet mignon. That sounds delicious. Yeah, it sounds delicious. And you can give these a try. And it's not just these meals. We're talking pancakes, smoothies. They got some great wellness shots that are surprisingly delicious. And the meals you just eat and eat. There's no prepping, cooking, or cleanup. Get as much as you need by choosing your meals every week. You're going to get exactly what you want. No surprises here. Uh, and the meals, I can say, are delicious. So what do you got to lose? Head on over to factormeals.com slash sawbones50 and use code sawbones50 to get 50% off. That's code sawbones50 at factormeals.com slash sawbones50 to get 50% off. Sydney, you know how you're always saying that you'd like to build a Justin McQuarrie fan site full of all your favorite quotes, clips, videos, and hunky pictures of beloved podcaster Justin McElroy? I don't remember. Well, there's that- no need to wait any longer, Sydney, because Squarespace is going to make it easier than you could possibly believe to make a website uh, all about your favorite hunky podcasting superstar. I don't think I was going Squarespace, to— Squarespace, what is it? It's a tool—think of it as— the palette, the palette of a web design artist. But you don't have to be a web design artist. You could just take stuff off the palette that is created by real people that know what they're really doing and put it from the palette onto the easel. The metaphor is broken down. Basically, you're going to be able to create great-looking websites that have fantastic customer support and help you unlock your creativity and do whatever you want to with your small business or podcaster obsession. You can sell products. You can uh, post your videos. You can share your stories about how Justin has shaped your life and is also a fantastic father. Folks, 
you got to stop waiting to make your Justin McElroy fan site. Go to squarespace.com slash sawbones for a free trial. And when you're ready to launch your Justin McElroy fan site, use offer code sawbones to save 10% off your first purchase of a website or domain. Hi, I'm Travis McElroy. And I'm Teresa McElroy. And we're the host of Schmanners. We don't believe that etiquette should be used to judge other people. No, on Schmanners, we see etiquette as a way to navigate social situations with confidence. So if that sounds like something you're into, join us every Friday on Maximum Fun, wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, it's John Moe, inviting you to listen to Depression Mode with John Moe, where I talk about mental health and the lives we live with all kinds of people. Famous writers. David Sedaris, welcome to Depression Mode. Thanks so much for having me. Movie stars. Jamie Lee Curtis, welcome to Depression Mode. I am happy to be here. Musicians. I am in St. Paul, Minnesota. I'm talking to Amy Mann. Great to talk to you. And song exploders. Rishikesh Hirway, welcome to Depression Mode. Thanks so much for having me. Everyone's opening up on Depression Mode on Maximum Fun. Sid, what do you know about the Invisible Woman? She's invisible and a woman. Okay, that's huge. I've never heard of the Invisible Woman. You don't know? Do you know what team she's on, perchance? Marvel One, because that's a Marvel book. I don't know. No, I've, I, who is the? I don't know anything about the Invisible Woman. I've never heard of the. I mean, uh, the Invisible Woman is uh, part of the Fantastic Four. Susan Richards. So if you've ever seen uh, the blonde lady in the blue suit. That's her thing is she's invisible? That is her thing. Okay. I've it, never watched any Fantastic Four anything. Her brother is the Human Torch. Okay. Storms, I'm assuming brother. he gets fiery. Correct. And then Mr. Fantastic. Stretchy. Stretchy. Yeah, okay. he's stretchy. And uh, Ben Grimm is the thing. Sometimes um, he's made of rocks. Sometimes he's just made of rocks. That's his thing. I mean, he's hard to hurt and he's strong because of the rocks. Um, sometimes they put Spider-Man there. Sometimes it's a robot, you know. Some, I don't know anything about the Fantastic sometimes, Four. Sometimes Spider-Man has a, puts a bag on his head and wears a Fantastic Four outfit. And that's the amazing bag man. And that was like a, a low red disguise he had to use one time. I don't know. Look it up. Okay, so uh, Susan Storm is the Invisible Woman. She is, uh, uh, the way her power works is by changing, <sighs> this is not biology, so I'm just going to say this part, okay? Invisible Woman can render herself completely undetectable across a range of electromagnetic wavelengths. It's not triggered on a cellular level, but it relies on her mental manipulation of light wavelengths. So she can, change the light around her so the light no longer reflects off of her and rather passes through her to make her invisible. Okay. I mean, that would make something invisible. Right. Not that we are capable of doing that, but, like, I, I understand what they're saying, at least. Okay. But she experiences a change likely. The research is not complete on this. Yeah, Okay. She likely experiences a change in her vision when she does this. Can you think of what change? Can you puzzle out what kind of change might happen in her vision? Now, we are getting into some areas outside of biology with this. But 
Uh, I will tell you, I will tell you this. Her vision likely, we're not sure, becomes monochromatic. I don't, I don't understand that because the light continues to bounce off of other objects around her, right? Right. Just like it did previously? Yes. But colored light can't reflect off of her retina because she's invisible. Because it's passing through it. It's passing through it. So she can only see in, in black and white when she's invisible, maybe. Mm, I feel mm, this. Okay. Hmm. Interesting. I, I would wonder if you're going to make that argument, how can she see anything? It's not an argument. It's a fact. Although, admittedly, it's the research is still out. I, I think that. It. Why would it be monochromatic? Why wouldn't it just be she makes herself invisible, but she also can't see anybody. Everything else becomes invisible to her. So she is physically still there. Yes. You you can touch her. Yeah. She's just She'd invisible. rather you didn't. Well, no, I just mean like she still has physical form. Yes, that's correct. I just thought that was interesting. No, it's very interesting. I think that's very interesting. I just think, and I, I think, think it's like, an interesting thought experiment. Again, the research is still very early. Well, and their concept of how she becomes invisible—that's, I mean, I get that. That's grounded in. Although, can I just say, like, optics is like that was my worst part of physics. Oh, okay. Well, this. I is mean, a I good, still did fine in all of it. I'm just saying, like, this mm-hmm. is the. Well, this, this is a good brush up for you, then, right? This is a good opportunity for you to to flex those muscles. That that was an area where I was like, can I just get back to gushy things with cells? I'm I'm. All of this refraction and reflection, I just no thank you. Okay, Sid. Spider Woman. Do you know Spider Woman? Personally? No, that would be <laughs> a wild thing to withhold from me this long in our relationship. That Spider Woman is different than Spider Gwen. Right. Spider Woman is Jessica Drew, and she is Spider Woman. She's completely different. And what's fun about the spider people is that a lot of them have explained, like a lot of them have different reasons for why they have the same powers. So she didn't get bitten by a spider? No, well, how the how the powers actually <laughs> physically work. So she did get bitten by a spider. Um how did she man, that's a really good question. How did how did she become uh I just a, assume this was a multiverse version. Where this no, person, this was the one who version. got bitten by the spider instead of Peter uh, Parker. Uh, now I have to look this up. Okay, Sid. Jessica Drew lived in London, and her family moved to a lab built by her father, and she became gravely ill because of months of uranium exposure. <laughs> to save her life, her father injected her with an experimental serum based on irradiated spider's blood. Because the serum required a month's incubation, he placed her in a genetic accelerator. And then, I mean, that that's, yeah. I mean, and then she's finally let out. I mean, there's a lot of nothings in there, really. Yeah. So anyway, spider powers. Um, okay. Okay, but the, the way she has those powers is different. Um, she is uh, uh, very good at um, swaying people. She's very good at, like, bringing people around to her way of thinking. What? Well, that's why I'm asking you. Well, is that something spiders are good at? Because generally speaking, when I see a spider, I am not swayed to its side. I'm running as far away from it as possible. Unless it writes some pig, and you're like, oh, my God. Oh, my gosh. Is this, like, is that where they got this idea? Was Charlotte's Web the genesis of the idea that a spider could sway you? I could say this with 100% certainty, no. (laughs) 
This is a very different method of swaying that Jessica Drew is able to to conduct. Is it like pheromones? Is it like some sort of chemical that she's releasing? Yes, she has glands beneath her skin that can produce potent pheromones that can alter the emotional state of those in her vicinity. Can I just say, like, men are so predictable. <laughs> what do you mean? I just, it's just, she has special... Like sense that she releases, and men are intoxicated. <laughs> they can't help themselves. <laughs> fair. No, it's fair. No, no, no. Everybody, calm down. Stop yelling. It's it's fair. <laughs> um. Okay. She has. Uh, uh, this is my fair. This is the main reason I wanted to talk about this, and, and I don't even know if this is fair, but I did want to mention it because it is a biological function. Mm-hmm. Um, she produces her wall crawling ability in a unique and honestly, even for comic books, pretty unhinged fashion. And last time we did talk about Spider-Man and his ability to use his little, uh, what was the word you use? Like little. Like hair like projections. Yeah. Like, like, yeah, we, yeah. we thought, we thought it was either that sort of thing, like almost like cilia or something, or we thought like, um, it was like a gecko using like hydrostatic or whatever, you know, like yeah. that sort of thing. Those were those were the kinds of things we yeah, toyed with. But she's got Jessica Drew has one that's different from those. Uh does she secrete something sticky? Oh my god. Yes. She does? <laughs> yes. That was a that was just a rant like what else could you do to stick she, to things? Honey, the secret she produces a biological secretion from specialized glands in her hands and feet. Uh, uh, presumably, they're vying for space with the, the, pheromone, the glands. pheromone glands. If accurate, this would represent a dramatic departure from Spider-Man's theorized set, sete, base, sete, base, I don't know, his adhesion. The yeah. secretion ex, ex, exuded from her glands would need to quickly permeate the pores of the targeted surface whether it be a con, and they've listed some surfaces here: a concrete slab, a stack of bricks, or a wall of wooden planks. You, you can imagine surfaces. You've seen surfaces. You know, you surfaces. know surfaces. It would need an immediately dry, forming a solid grip between her digits and the material in less than a second. That's wild. That's a wild. But then immediately way of doing undry, it. I yes. guess, so that she can lift her hand up and move Not it again. Dry so much that she, yeah, I, it is honestly just wild. <laughs> It is wild that that's the way it works, Jessica Drew. I don't, okay. I'm very sorry about that. Who made this character? Um, wh- Who made Spider- Where did this character come? I probably, need to know about. Pro- probably. Oh, it's uh, Archie Goodwin, who was a friend of my dad, actually. Archie Goodwin. Okay, well, yeah, Archie Goodwin, who passed quite some time ago. Oh. Um, in 1998, actually. Um, well, I'm sorry to hear that. I won't, I, I just, I, I won't criticize too much. I just, again, I said, like, you know, of course, the female spider woman secretes pheromones that that sway men to do her bidding. And then, of course, also, she's... Now... <laughs> there's a sticky substance that comes out of her. Now, here's what I will say. Come on. She was co-created by... Because I don't want to get lost in the shovel. She was co-created by Marie Severin, who was in comics for a very, very long time. Um, worked with, with EC Comics and and Marvel um, in the uh, Will Eisner Comics Hall of Fame. Um, 
so she was she was co-creator. She was an artist though, so I don't know if she would have come up with the uh weird uh <laughs> weird uh hormonal secretions. This this sticky, sexy, heavily scented spider woman. <laughs> yeah. Um see she looks just like this, just about how you expected, I'm assuming. Yeah. Um okay. I mean they all wear tight outfits. I'm not gonna sit here and get all, you know. Um, I, I always thought hers was cool. It's kind of got, got like an hourglass in the middle. I don't know. I think her costume's neat. Yeah. Um, okay. We're going to talk about the lizard uh, before we wrap up here. All right. You know the lizard, right? No. I he mean. He is a Spider-Man villain. He is Dr. Kirk Connors. Oh, who, okay. He had his, He looks like an alligator, though. His bit was he had lost his right arm and was doing trying to regenerate it using like lizard technology because their tails grow back yeah um now i remember this i remember this. when he becomes the lizard the changes are not only physical uh he has uh it turns it changes his cognition uh to that of a it says here beast although it seems like he's trying he's doing better with that lately kind of is what they're saying here (laughs) why does his brain become more like uh, why does he become more like savage when he's in his lizard form? His brainstem, hindbrain, whatever, that region of the brain, the earliest region, becomes larger and his frontal area becomes smaller, like the area responsible for executive function shrinks. It's actually more of a bypass. His brain chemistry experiences radical rewiring as the cerebellum is bypassed in favor of the basal ganglia, mm-hmm. the primitive reptilian complex of the human brain. Gotcha. Um, and also changes the shape of his brain, which I thought you would enjoy. It goes from a pleasing sort of uh, uh, what is it, uh, ov- ovular shape, yeah. would you say, to more of a like squished, an elongated, swish down, elongated helmet kind of thing. You know what's interesting though is like, is that just practical so that it fits in his head? Because like his head gets that his shape, head gets that shape, so maybe his brain changes that shape. Um, do you know how the um, the the this process? Do you know what it what it <laughs> what it triggered to make it work? What the logic of this 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 is? No. Um, the hybridization process that Connors underwent seemingly activated vestigial DNA already present in the human genome, an artifact of our species' evolution from reptilian ancestors millions of years ago. Is that how it worked? Well, I think what they're trying to say is that there are pieces of DNA that are now being used to create proteins. Mm -hmm. Like, we're using different data than the data that we typically use to construct humans, right? Mm-hmm. Like we read the instructions of DNA, it makes different proteins, and then these proteins build build a human, first in embryology and then ongoing throughout our lifespan. I, I'm guessing that like we're reading the code differently is what they're trying to say. Because it wouldn't be like secret DNA that was also extra in there. It's just like part of the code that's being read differently or that typically isn't processed, isn't transcripted, that kind of thing. Uh, there is also an inter- uh, interesting side effect of that neural remapping that I mentioned earlier that has manifested recently. Um, and I love the way that books like this have to be written because they are trying to uh, make, I mean, in some cases, decades of backstory jive with like, so they mention here, so everything happens like, 
recently, or it used to be that this happened. <laughs> and then recently, he's so recently, Connors has recently developed the ability to telepathically communicate with reptiles, which is a skill that could be a side effect of his neural remapping. So his brain is rewired and it somehow made but, it so he can talk to reptiles. Now, I am not, okay, I am not a... Um, Even they must know that that's a bit of a stretch. I'm not a herpetologist. But do reptiles communicate with each other? Psychically? Telepathically? I mean, I know that animals have lots of ways of communicating that aren't like talking because animals don't talk. So, like, I, I understand that there's lots of communication methods that I, as a, I'm just a human doctor, I don't understand about animals. Um, but is telepathically one of them? Because I didn't, I would guess not. But I do I'm not going to sit here and say I know anything. I, I um, used to have an iguana. This is the, as close as I get to any expertise on this. A um, a, a brief survey of available uh, websites on that topic of <laughs> reptiles communicating telepathically re re results in a broad spectrum of sites, which, of course, which seem of course. to range in credibility. Um, Quora is pretty high on there, which is never a good sign. Yeah, so then I'm guessing they don't communicate telepathically, but maybe they have some sort of... I don't know. I was reading or I was watching a TikTok recently about how they used to think that deer were led in directions by a single leader. And what they realized after observing deer for a very long time is that if you watch a, a group of deer out in the forest, that they will look in directions as they're pausing. And when a certain threshold of them are all looking up in the same direction periodically then as a group, they will decide to go in that direction. Hmm. So it's not a single leader. They use the direction that 60, 70% of them are all looking to decide where the next place they go is. So it's actually a group decision, but you'd only know that if you watched which way they all look. Sounds like the American electoral system. Wow. Political, what? Political insight from me. Really makes you think that it's in. Thank you so much for <laughs> thank you so much for listening to our podcast. We hope you've enjoyed yourself. Thanks to the taxpayers for use of their song "Medicines" as the intro and the outro of our program. And thanks so much to you for listening. We very much appreciate it. Sid, anything I am forgetting? Anything you'd like to say? We got well, I some... just want to thank you for um, for doing the research, as it were, for this episode, so oh. that I could take a break. And next week we'll get back to business as usual. Uh, that's going to do it for us. Until next time, my name is Justin McElroy. I'm Sydney McElroy. And as always, don't drill a hole in your head. All right. Yeah. MaximumFun.org Comedy and culture. Artist owned, audience supported.